One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jerry Nadler isn't wrong about something. I'm shocked. Ron DeSantis gets out of the 2024 race and the online world continues to prove it is the worst. Also, is MAGA already lining up excuses for losing in November? I'm Andrew Coppins, and it's time for some critical thinking. Good Monday to you all. What a weekend it was in the NFL playoffs. My Packers, unfortunately, take the L like they've done five out of the last six times against the San Francisco 49ers, but heck of a season. The future is pretty dang bright considering it's the youngest team in the NFL, and we'll see where things go in the offseason with the defensive coordinator and such. But that all having been said, Uh, What a weekend it was in the NFL. Great games, totally entertaining, and uh, Jason Kelsey stealing the show from Taylor Swift was fantastic last night. Uh, But beyond that, we had some news in the political world. Ron DeSantis gets out of the race but before we get into that, folks, do not forget, you can follow me on social media. I am at The Coppin Show. You can always make sure you're subscribed. You can follow whatever your favorite podcasting platform allows you to do, but make sure you're doing it so that you get the update to the show each and every single Monday through Friday. And of course, you can watch on X at The Coppins Show. That's C-O-P-P-E-N-S for those of you who are not already watching. And you can also watch on the Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. So just simple ways that you can help grow this show, simple ways that you can actually help us monetize the show is just by watching it, participating with it, downloading the podcast, rating and reviewing it if you would like. But literally, that's all it takes. I'm not asking you for your money or anything of that nature. I know money can be tight for a lot of people these days and just simply listening, watching the show is all that's really going to be helpful in growing this show. Now, you can also help spread by word of mouth and everything else, but we have a ton to get into, including replacement theory from the left and 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 then not actually being wrong about something. 
and I'll get into that in a moment. But we've also got the Ron DeSantis news. We've also got the MAGA side of things. So let's dive in because over the weekend, I noticed a statement in a hearing in Congress from New Jersey rep- or New York, excuse me, Representative Jerry Nadler. You know, the, the guy who's got his pants all the way up past the belly button, that Jerry Nadler. Um, but he had the following to say here, and he's both racist, wrong, and not wrong, all in a same 30 seconds. And we need immigrants in this country. Forget the fact that the farm, that our, our, our vegetables would rot in the ground if, it weren't, if they weren't being picked by many immigrants, many illegal immigrants. The fact is that the birth rate in this country is way below replacement level, which means our population is going to start shrinking. And the ratio of people on Social Security and Medicare is going to increase relative to the number of people supporting them. Guess what? Before you go nuts, yes, there's a whole bunch that is wrong with what Nadler had to say here. It's completely demeaning. It's completely racist to suggest that illegal aliens are only good for picking our crops, cleaning our hotels, and doing the work we don't want to do. That is completely abhorrent. I want to make that abundantly clear. Yet, that's exactly what Jerry Nadler is saying here. However, I also would ask you a very simple question. Would you, would I, most millennials, go and just pick the fruit, work the vineyards, work the fields for our produce, clean the hotels and office spaces that we love to occupy and make hundreds of thousands of dollars in now maybe we would if it absolutely came to push or shove of starvation and need well it turns out that most of us don't most of us love our non-manual cushy life right that is a reality but that doesn't mean that it's we have to import the talent for all of that or the the manual labor many do many millennials do feel that they would have to get to the point of starvation or absolute rock bottom before they would even consider something as menial and degrading quote unquote as having to pick the fruit or, pit, or the produce, or whatever have you. I don't find that to be demeaning. In fact, I think we would be better off as a society if we just valued work instead of valuing making the most amount of money all the time and rat race, keep up with the Joneses. That being said, it is beside the larger point that Nadler was making. He made the racist point for sure. He literally sounded like every boomer, because he is one, but every racist boomer you know. He literally sounded like it. 
But there is something that he actually got correct in all of this. And I can't believe I'm saying it given the clip that we played. But the truth is that we, as Americans, are actually not promoting the family like we should. That is a harsh reality. And it's been that way for a very, very long time, by the way. It wasn't the point that he was actually trying to make in that racist diatribe, but it is the inadvertent point that he made. It is an us problem, not a them problem. And, oh my gosh, we have to stop with this or stop importing this or stop doing this or stop doing that. Americans are indeed slowly, very slowly, being quote-unquote replaced, if you will, and replaced by an immigrant population, especially those who have come here illegally. But it is not a racial thing. It is not necessarily a negative thing. It's actually a cultural thing. You see, many of the cultures that the greatest number of the migrants, immigrants, illegal aliens, whatever label you want to put on them, many of the cultures that those great number of those migrants and immigrants, whatever, are coming from, value the family, promote the family. And thus, large birth rates. And you can get into the racial theories and BS that others believe and whatever. But the reality is for me that it is culture. There is a culture of life, a culture of family, a culture surrounded by that that promotes that promotes child rearing, that promotes having larger families. And let me ask you this. Is the American culture one that uplifts life, that upholds family, that believes in promotion of the family? Family values? Set that to the side. Just simply having a kid. What is the evidence? The evidence suggests that we're not. Hell no to promoting the family. Point one, BLM Inc., one of the largest groups to be promoted in the wider culture over the last three, four years, right? Since the summer of George Floyd and COVID and everything like that, right? What is their stated manifesto? The destruction of the nuclear family. They believe in community child rearing that we have to destroy the nuclear family. Is that actually a promotion of family values? No, it is not. It is actually a destruction of the creation of real family. Leftist academia, does that support family promotion? No. Instead, trans everything, trans ideology, the LGBT Q, LMNOP, alphabet soup agenda. Critical race 
theory, they promote that above all else. And if you're promoting the trans and LGBT blah, blah, blah ideology, it necessarily means a decline in the birth rate. It necessarily, it would have to. Why? Because you're talking about two sexes, one sex in a relationship, meaning you can't procreate on the level you would necessarily need to. As a society begins to age itself like this society is in America, are we doing enough as a culture to promote that? We could even talk about eco-terrorism, I mean uh, climate change activists, right? The climate cultists. They're the ones taking center stage in our government they're the ones taking center stage in legislation. They're the ones taking center stage in what is one of the larger tenets of what they believe. The Malthusian ethics of quote-unquote overpopulation, which would mean the necessitation, the necessity to quote-unquote depopulate the world. Their words, not mine. We've got the elevation of the BLM ideology, which believes in the destruction of the nuclear family. We've got the promotion in academia of ideology that necessarily would have to mean we have a destruction of a birth rate. And then we also have the climate leftist ideology that says depopulate the world. Hey, 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 Jerry, it's happening because of things that you promote. If you want Jerry Nadler to totally be wrong on everything here, shouldn't we as a broader culture even look at television, right? Do you see anywhere on television in which a normal nuclear family is promoted? No. In fact, I would suggest that about 99% of your television shows today must necessitate fealty to the gender and LGBTQ ideology, climate change, and destruction of family. You, you won't see traditional family. You won't see the promotion of that. Or hear me out on this. The dramatic story arc would be mom and dad having to be divorced and that be a negative thing in said show. The story arc being the family, the family, the family, and then, oh my gosh, this is terrible. No, instead it's, oh, oh but we have to normalize this. We have to make it okay and okay and okay and okay and okay on everything but promotion of the family. Is our government interested in promoting the family? No, it's not. It doesn't promote marriage, I can tell you that much. What are you talking about? You're better off from a tax perspective not being married than married. That's ass backwards. Those are things that the government can do to help promote creation of family. Now, I say all of this as somebody that is in my 40s, and not having kids, right? 
I don't have a child. And it's not because I don't want to or that I'm too lazy or that I just enjoy life too much and can't be bothered to have a kid. Hell no. Ask anybody. Love kids. Love babysitting for my friends' children if I can. I love being able to entertain the the kids. In fact, I spend more time with them than I do the adults when I'm at these types of parties. I That's not me. It's a reality of, you know, the private life of my wife and I that is just not in the cards. It's just not in God's plan. And while that's something that's been hard to come to grips with, it's the reality. But that shouldn't be the norm. And I haven't even gotten into talking about the promotion of dink nights, double income, no kid nights at the bar, right? The promotion of these things. Instead of saying, you know, this is abnormal, it is now attempted to be normalized. No, I'm not saying that you have to feel shame if you're in that situation. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that wasn't a thing in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Now it is. Now it's a thing we have to specialize in this and promote it as a good for our society. I don't necessarily think it is. Think about how we react as a society when families show up to restaurants, little kids, or you've got mom and dad with the two kids and they're a little rambunctious and and maybe they're they're yelling or whatever have you at uh, Texas Roadhouse or name a pick a chain restaurant. That used to not be a thing that we cared about. In fact, it was just like, oh, okay, well, my kids do it too. I totally get it. Instead, we're, we make them feel shame for daring to come out of the house with those dastardly, rambunctious kids. The point in all of this is to suggest what? We have a culture that is anti-family. We have a culture that promotes selfish instead of selflessness. You, those kids, they were loud at the restaurant. What are those parents thinking? How many times have you heard that or said it? Again, culturally, culturally, we are doing everything we can to discourage the family and promote selfishness. If you want to stop this idea, that's how you get around it. We have to be willing to promote a culture in academia, in entertainment, in government. All of it must promote family life. We have to promote also a culture that says that all jobs have value and meaning. We have to be willing to take on all sorts of jobs live in a society in which you know the the latest and greatest Maserati or Range Rover has to be in your driveway to be a quote unquote success in life. The material life cannot be the thing we promote if we want a cultural cultural change. 
That's the reality. But, but Andrew, what about the birth rate? Is he right or wrong on this? Well, he's right. I mean, the, the evidence is all over the place. Back in 2009, we were about 13 and a half births per 100,000. We are at 11.1 at the end of 2022. The numbers in 2023 suggest we are at about 11.2. We had 3.66 million in 2022 in when it comes to births to now having 3.67. That is to suggest we are not seeing an uptick in any sort of demonstrable way. Now, could that change? Could we see some sort of cultural shift in the family dynamic post-pandemic life? Uh, perhaps, but we would have actually seen it in 2022 and in, in 2023. Why? Because 2020 and 2021 were supposed to be the years in which people were shacking up and thus more babies, right? Except for that never actually happened. In 2021, the birth rate was actually at its lowest, and we are actually seeing a modest increase going forward. The suggestion in 2024 is likely to be that we actually see the decline continue. Now, if you were to go further back, but but what about 2009? Why are you talking about that? Well, that would be what? 15 years. Go all the way back even a couple more years to 2007, pre crash of the economy and you see the birth rate even higher than it was in 2009 it was over 16 at one point 16.4 i think it was per 100,000 now when i take a look at the state by state numbers right there's not a single state in the united states of america that has seen a positive birth rate that's right not one single state represents a positive birth rate. We haven't seen an increase in the birth rate anywhere in this country, no matter how you break it down. Guess what the lowest birth rate decline is? It is 9.1, negative 9.1 in the state of North Dakota. Most states are in the negative teens to 20s, and others are negative 50, negative 40, negative 30. In fact, the, almost the entire American Southwest is in the negative 30 and above category, like Arizona, Utah, Nevada. Utah? Yeah, yeah, even the supposedly pop-out kids all the time Mormon side of things. Even the Catholic birth rate is declining demonstrably. And that old uh, Catholic joke adage is kind of going out the window. But it comes down to we don't have a culture, a, a society that promotes that. The people who are coming here in the largest numbers are coming from societies and culture that do value that. Take a look at how they live generationally, right? Take a look at how important the nuclear family is to many of these 
immigrants from all over the world, by the way. All sorts of supposedly different cultures. When you break it down, what is the common bond? It's the family. It's the promotion of family. The importance of family. Now, it might be different than how we would promote family or whatever have you, but the reality of that situation is that they value something that we don't. And their culture is healthier for it. But the reality is that we, if we want to stop that slide, if we want to be able to say that, that we have some positivity in our birth rate, which is healthy for our society, in my view, we have to recognize the problem and make the changes. We have to, like I said before, look at entertainment, academia, government. We have to look at all parts of our culture and say, we're going to promote life. We're going to promote family values because we've destroyed them for the better part of the last 30 years because we believed in what? All right. That being said, folks, now is a good time to maybe refresh a little bit. Uh, so go to that coffee maker, put those beans from our friends over at Coffee Brand Coffee into the grinder, grind them up, brew yourself some fresh roasted coffee from our friends at coffeebrandcoffee.com where they care about your coffee and not your politics, their politics, anybody's politics, just producing fresh roasted on-demand coffee for your consumption. And guess what? If you go there, go grab whatever you would like, go to the checkout, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout. You get 10% off of your purchase today. That is promo code CRITICALTHINKER over at coffeebrandcoffee.com where they care about great coffee and nothing else. All right, so... Ron DeSantis, he drops out of the race this weekend. I'm shocked, surprised. No, I'm not. I'm not surprised by this at all. Um, so here's where I want to start with this. Number one, this was the right move. There is literally no path. Number two, um, what else was he supposed to do other than endorse Donald Trump? Is he going to endorse Nikki Haley, whom he just spent the vast majority of the last month attacking and savaging, uh, savagely attacking, I should say? Uh, what else was he supposed to do? Whom else was he supposed to support? More importantly, he endorsed Donald Trump in 2016. He endorsed Donald Trump for the 2020 presidential run and was reciprocated with endorsements in his own races. Number three point on this is this has got to be the most disappointing candidacy since Scott Walker, if not more disappointing than Scott Walker's run in 2016. And it's, I think, more disappointing than Scott Walker's run because... Ron DeSantis had way more name brand recognition than Scott Walker did on a national scale. Absolutely did. 1,000% had way more external, outside of the state in which he lives, name recognition. It's also disappointing because he also had the financials in place to make a run. 
but he just never could figure out how to engage in a one-on-one battle between himself and Donald Trump. And part of it is because Trump rope-a-doped him by not going to, you know, debates and this, that, and everything else. There was a strategy that could have been employed, and he chose not to. And that strategy is just, okay, you're not going to debate me. I'm not going to chase you around, but what I am going to do is I'm going to take all the things that you say and destroy them, social media, destroy them in the media. When I get on various outlets, I'm going to make commercial after commercial. I'm not talking about anybody else. I am going to literally hammer my points home. He never really did it. He never really connected the I'm your champion versus Donald Trump's record of I care about myself and not having delivered for you at all. That was the real case, and he just he just failed to deliver on that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But all of that notwithstanding, He did the right thing. He got out of the race. There was no real path forward for him. So let's go back to governing. Let's do the right thing. Let's make Florida as good as it possibly can be for the rest of his term. See what comes in 2028 and and go from there. My suggestion is that he's probably dead in the water going forward because this candidacy and because this campaign was so bad. I don't know how you rebrand nationally in 2028. I don't. Other than focus on your results and delivering for your people in Florida and showcasing how that model can work on the federal level, he did some of that. The problem being what happens and where are we as a country four years after whatever happens in November, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But that being said, What took place online after Ron DeSantis got out of the race is some of the most pitiful and disgraceful stuff that I've ever seen. You still had the lower Laura Loomers and the Looney Tunes faction of MAGA Forever pointing out faking of cancer from Casey DeSantis, which is absolutely beyond the pale disgusting. You still had them making claims that he's a globalist cock and uh, we don't want your support. What are you talking about? Well, here's a great example of this from the New York Young Republicans. 
quote, the New York Young Republican Club firmly and unmistakably rejects DeSantis's endorsement of Trump. DeSantis is not and never was an America first candidate. Rather, he is a country club mouthpiece of the neoliberal wing of the GOP who would prefer to go back to the Halicon days of Paul Ryan and Eric Cantor. Don't be fooled by DeSantis' appeal to the MAGA movement. He represents nothing more than a revision, uh, a reversion to the establishment Republican Party of the early aughts that championed billionaire tax cuts and sunsetting of Social Security and unfettered illegal immigration at the southern border. We wish the sad and brooding empty suit that is Ron DeSantis a happy early retirement, for he has jettisoned any chance of a viable political future with his shameless displays of cowardice and betrayal. Cowardice and betrayal. Uh, what did he betray? Pretty sure this is still a free country, kind of, sort of, maybe. At least you're free to run for the presidency as you see fit. In what world does Ron DeSantis represent any of those things? In reality. A globalist cuck, basically, except for he took on one of the biggest global corporations ever named Disney, he also took on social media, big tech, blah, 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 blah. Hates Davos. Worked to cut red tape. Worked to take on academia. You could go on and on. None of it makes any sense. But So you're not welcome. We don't accept your endorsement. Get out of here. But unify, you SOBs. Much like I ask, how do we share a country? How do you share a party with that? If you're interested in sharing a party, which is a very important question at this point, so running against Donald Trump is disloyal. Not supporting Donald Trump from the get-go, disloyal. Putting his words into actual actions is disloyal. I, 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 I can't figure it out. But then there was this from Tim Young on X, stating the following. Help me figure this out. If DeSantis now supports Trump, dot, 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 and you were a huge fan of DeSantis for months and say you'll never vote for Trump, dot, dot, dot. Do you believe that you are better, smarter, and or more moral than Ron DeSantis? N no, Tim. It just means that some of us had a preference for one candidate over another and that as we look at the field as it currently exists, are making our own independent decisions on who has earned our vote. You see, that is actually the point in all of this. Donald Trump, based off of what the New York Young Republicans have already suggested, Donald Trump 
has no right to earn your vote. It's bow down or you don't deserve him. Tell me in your, you're in a cult without telling me. Actually, you are telling me you're in a cult. I would never suggest that I would be more moral, more right than Ron DeSantis. I'm making a personal decision to not support Donald Trump this time around because I am taking a reasoned look at his candidacy. He has a record. This is not 2016 Donald Trump. This is not 2020 Donald Trump, although he would love to relitigate 2020 and says as much. Uh, I'm not interested in relitigating it, yet he's got 91 charges and they're all problems, whether he wants to admit it or not, whether any and all or whatever get dismissed along the way, whether he has an actual plan to deal with that reality or not, whether the RNC has a plan to deal with it or not, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, the reality that is in front of Donald Trump is his record. And it's a record that suggests he does not, does not, one iota, one iota care about you, about me, about us, cares about himself. And I have a set of values, principles, and policies I would like to see in place. The vast majority of them are things that Donald Trump has refused to deliver on or flat out does not endorse. His pro-life bona fides, right? Oh, he, he picked the three justices that literally everybody wanted him to pick. You know who he really has to thank for Roe versus Wade being overturned? Because, uh, by the way, it didn't happen under his watch. Um, the, He actually has Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her belief on how the court should work, her staunch belief on that, to thank for it. You got lucky that she died when she did instead of dying before she did, as macabre as all that is. Politically speaking, that's the reality. I just, for me, as I look at this, Ron DeSantis represented, for me, a better chance at the promotion of liberty and the depromotion of centralized government. Donald Trump does not represent that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> 2020. Just going to say that. But... At the same time that they're demanding your fealty and bowing down and unity, except for they don't really mean unity. It means shut up and say what we want you to say. Be the puppet. Be the cultists. I don't really care about unity. It 
Now you're now you're under our thumb. I'm gonna dom you. Put the leash on you, businesses. That's really what's actually being said. All while we demean and degrade you too. So I ain't with that life. But while they're doing that, they were also, folks, making excuses for how they're going to lose in November already. Case in point, Charlie Kirk. That's right, Charlie Kirk. Quote, on X, we can win in spite of the RNC, but if we lose, it will likely be because the RNC under its current leadership is weak, broke, and stale. At TP Action is partnering with grassroots orgs and patriots all across the country to register new voters and building the tech and the teams to chase low propensity voters. The energy and enthusiasm amongst the base is immense. But we can't do it alone. No one can. The RNC should be a central clearinghouse, farming out critical resources and coordinating an overarching strategy. Only the RNC can legally and structurally do this. So the base has to come together in unprecedented ways. If we do, we can win in November, but we have to ignore the polls. Always remember, we're starting from a massive structural, financial, and organizational deficit. We have to work harder than the other side. All right, folks. So here's what I want to do. I want to break this down because this is all insane. But let's start with the very first paragraph here. We can win in spite of the RNC, but if we lose, it will likely be because the RNC under its current leadership is weak, broke, and stale. Um, first off, I have never, and I mean never seen, a political movement, because that's what MAGA is supposed to be, right? A political movement, also a cult, but at least a political movement. I've never seen one more resigned to losing than the MAGA movement. What do I mean by that? Well, let's consider the fact that they're down to really only one quote-unquote contender left in Nikki Haley, and I think that's a far, far stretch to consider Nikki Haley a real contender, even if she's going to coalesce the billionaire crowd around her. Ironically, it would be billionaire on billionaire at that point, and that would be pretty funny. But anyway, Nikki Haley is likely to lose the next few primaries, and what path at that point does she have? None, right? The MAGA movement is already talking about losing and whom they're going to blame for that loss in November. The RNC. What the hell kind of a strategy is that? Now, is Charlie Kirk wrong about the RNC? No. The RNC is terrible at all levels. But here's the question for Charlie Kirk and MAGA Forever cult. Who put that group in charge? Trump? His allies, like you, Charlie Kirk, you, you did that. You put your thumb on the scale and said, Rona McDaniel. Much like they couldn't figure out how to put a Speaker of the House together, 
The RNC couldn't figure out if it wanted Ronan McDaniel, somebody else, or anybody else, and then it just ended up on Trump put the, the thumb on the scale, Ronan McDaniel. Quite literally, he's the one who selected Ronan McDaniel. He had an opportunity, much like with, hear me out on this, an opportunity that was in front of him to listen to Scott Atlas and not Anthony Fauci, and he chose, that's right, Trump chose Fauci. Trump chose Rona McDaniel. Why? Because Rona McDaniel stroked his narcissistic ego in 2020. Now, the only group that apparently loves losing more than MAGA is the RNC. So, here's where I come out on all of this. You two birds of the same feather flock together. I'm not down with a sinking ship. That's the reality. Both the MAGA Forever cultist movement and the Republican Party are sinking ships. I'm going to be over here actually attempting to build a movement. One that's focused on revival of liberty and not the nostalgic revival. No, 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 no. But to make it strong, to make liberty strong, active, and practiced once again in this country. Because it's a far, far cry from any of those things right now. And that is the definition of revival that I'm talking about. And it's a movement that can actually focus on winning. Actually has values, Principles worth standing for. Thank you very much. I'll be over here doing that work while you guys figure out how to go in a circle, chase your own tail. For what? You already said you're going to lose. I have never... Let's put it this way. Green Bay, right? should never have beaten Dallas, right? They're the seventh seed. It's never happened in NFL history. Now, I know the seventh seed has only been around for a few years now, but whatever. The seventh seed, the expanded seed of the playoffs, has never won. Never, 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 never. So you know what, guys? Look, man, we gave it a great effort on the season. We got here. We got to the... the General election in November, if you will, right? We get we got here. That's good enough. And if we lose, it's really down to this crappy defensive coordinator that I hired and our inability to game plan correctly and the style that we play just isn't good enough. But, you know, it's okay that we lose. I'll just throw others under the bus from Coach Matt LaFleur. Instead, what did they say and what did they do? They went out there. They felt like they could win the game based off of how they were game planning. They felt like they were having a positive week in practice, right? And then what did they do? They defied convention, took the ball when they won the coin toss, pounded the ball right down Dallas's throat and proceeded to curb stomp them defying all the odds and defying all the norms and blah 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 
Did they talk about, well, you know, it's okay if we keep this game close. It, that would look good for us. And that's, there's no moral victories in any of this. When it comes to the NFL, it's win or lose. For us fans, we can take a moral victory from the fact that we got where none of the expectations told us we should expect them to be, right? Us fans can say, you know what? We won that game, and then we almost beat the number one seed the next week. I mean, we almost ran the entire gauntlet because it turns out Detroit was up next. We could have almost run the gauntlet, right? Now, can I be upset with losing and then say the future is bright? But let me ask you this question. Can you say that if you're MAGA forever? Because this means you would have lost not once, not twice, but three times. Well, But Andrew, MAGA was not. Yes, MAGA was on the ballot in 2022. Quite literally, you have done nothing since 2016 but lose. And you're totes okay with it as long as everybody shows some fealty. Now, let's continue with Charlie Kirk here. Because in the next paragraph, he says that uh, Turning Point is partnering with grassroots orgs, right? Building the tech, registering new voters to chase that low propensity voter. The energy and enthusiasm amongst the base is immense. That is an absolute lie. Thousand percent a lie. How do I know it? They're expecting Lower than expected turnout in New Hampshire. Iowa returned 90,000 voters out of uh, over 160,000 in 2016. The last time there was an actual contested GOP primary. And don't tell me that literally 70,000 people said, ah, screw it, I'm not going out because it's cold and a little snow. Iowans are used to cold and snow. Are there people that wouldn't come out? Yes, but it is not 100% of 70,000 people. Maybe fifteen or 20,000. I'll grant you that. The base is not energized. The base is not immensely into this. You've had a problem with getting the base out. You've had a problem with turning what should be your base out. Evangelical support for Donald Trump fell by 11 percentage points. Not all of it went to the other candidates, by the way. In fact, it was the largest group to not show up to the polls in Iowa. And by the polls, I mean the caucus sites. That's not indicative of immense base support. But let's continue. Maybe Charlie Kirk has something correct here, and maybe maybe MAGA Forever has got a point. They can't do it alone. No one can. Okay, they have a point there. But the RNC, as he says, should be a central clearinghouse uh, farming out critical resources and coordinating an overarching strategy. Only the RNC can legally and structurally do this. There he is. He's got that right. But then he continues telling us that the base has got to come together in unprecedented ways. If we do, we can win in November, but we have to ignore the polls, okay? Except for the larger apparatus of the polls almost exactly nailed what actually happened in Iowa this time around. 
So like the polls that are in your favor, but mm, ignore mob polls when they, they're not in your favor. Got, except for, wait a second. You said that in 2020 and 2022 and uh, got our ass handed to us, right? Always remember, we're starting from a massive structural, financial, and organizational deficit. Um, No. No, you're not. You're not starting from a massive organizational deficit. You're not starting from a massive financial deficit or a structural. I take that back. You are a structural deficit because Donald Trump, your God amongst men, Bow down to Donald Trump, right? He believes he is the structure. He believes that he is the organization, and that's all you need. He believes so fervently in the power of his personality that nothing else matters. Even the most murderous, thuggish dictators in world history knew that it wasn't just the power of personality. It's the rest of it. But again, whom has put all of this in place? Your man, Donald Trump. But Andrew, didn't you support Donald Trump in 2020? Yeah, I, I ended up voting for him because I believed then that he was a very useful tool that could be used for our own gains still. But as I gathered more information about what happened between him Scott Atlas, Anthony Fauci, knowing all of that machinations, that actually turns out to not be true. In reality, he is just a tool. And he's chosen wrong on every single opportunity that he has had to make a choice. Every personnel decision. He's lied to his base about what he wanted and then laughed at his base in their faces a month later. Lock her up. Lock her up. <laughs> Just kidding. Build the wall and Mexico will pay for it. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Mexico could never pay for it. What the, you stupid saps. And then he was the one who Fauci'd America when he could have chosen that different path. He has managed to fool the boomer crowd because that's the crowd that actually showed up in Iowa. That's the crowd who went, right? That they broke hard for Donald Trump and were the largest group to show up on caucus night in Iowa. He's managed to fool that crowd. So y'all can go down with him. I'm not there. My only question is, are you comfortable with losing your liberty just so that you can say, you know what, I stuck by my man. I puckered up, kissed his rear end to the very end. Or do you wake up, realize that your liberty is at stake here and do something different? Right? Look at Tim Young. And what he said on X, I don't owe Donald Trump, you, or anybody else a damn thing. I don't owe them my endorsement because a candidate that I preferred endorsed. In fact, 
oftentimes I disagree with candidates and their endorsements. In fact, I can't think of one single time in my entire voting life that I went, oh, oh you know what? That, that uh, politician that I supported, they endorsed somebody, so I need to. No, it has caused me to do some homework and take a look. Absolutely it has. But the only person I owe anything to when it comes to my vote is myself. And I'm not down to clown with somebody who doesn't believe they have to earn my vote. They just demand my vote. Nah, not down to clown with that. That's where I'm at in all of this. Again, I come back to this simple truth. If you're talking about losing, you have already lost. Just that simple. And with that, folks, please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals. And as always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 